podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Five weeks of tinkering and it's come down to this. This is your Game Week 1 preview. Welcome to the Gianni Batici YouTube show. Hope you guys are well. Are we excited? I think we are. So coming up in today's show, we're going to look at still some of the big questions facing us as FPL managers this week. And still one question we're looking at for me is, do we go any Liverpool players? Is it Liverpool yes or Liverpool no? And look, there's three standout picks at Liverpool still. It's Trent, it's Salah. For me, I think it's still Darwin in my head, someone that I'm considering. Um, Firstly, I think we can wait and see. The fixtures aren't great and I think I'm happy to wait. Darwin's affordable and yes, I like it. And I think it's very much formation dependent. If you're going with a front three, he becomes way, way easier. If you're going with a front two, I think you can wait and see. And I think someone like Watkins is a better option. But let's look at Trent and Mo because Trent is a really interesting case. At 8 million, we've not had a defender price like that for a very long time. But what does he offer? Well, if he's playing right back and he inverts, which is what's going to happen, he's going to invert, just like he did from game week 30 onwards, then we're going to see Trent attacking for fun. We're going to see Trent get assists and we're going to see Trent get goals. And I know we haven't seen that necessarily pre-season, but we did see it game week 30 to 38 last season. So look, let's compare Trent's uh, heat map last year from game week 1 to 29 which we can see on the left-hand side, and game week 30 to 38, which we can see on the right-hand side. This is a different player. Game week 1 to 29, we have your traditional right-back. And we know with Trent, we still get tons of returns, him playing like that. But when he takes up those more central areas, and he's in and around the 18-yard box often, sometimes in shooting positions, he scores goals, he gets assists. And we saw that. Game week 30 to 38, he was arguably the game's best player. He was a must-have, and I don't like using that term. We only really use must-have for Haaland. Well, Trent was one of those guys. So we could go to Trent this year and go, we knew he was going to play inverted again. We know this is where he pops up. Why did we not pick him game week one? Well, money is tight, and there are other good defenders out there. I am gutted not to be able to get Trent this year. And I think there is a time when I'll be moving towards him. And I think it will probably be fairly early. But for the time being, I'm risking it without because the money is just simply too much. And it's what can you do with that 3 million by the good 5 million defender that might not quite get Trent's point, but he'll get he'll get close. And with the 3 million, you can do so much. So there's the Trent argument. The Salah argument for me is all about captaincy. If you're going to captain Salah a couple of times in the first month, four or five times in the first eight weeks, buy him. Buy him because game week two, he's the best captain, for example. A nice alternative to Haaland. I can't see myself going against Haaland that much. Therefore, I'm going no Salah. But I can see an argument for both these guys. Fun and look, they feel at times a little bit differential. So that's question number one. Done. What's the best formation to play? Question number two. Is it 3-4-3? Is it 3-5-2? Um, for me, um, there's so many good midfielders in the game. I'm struggling to look at anything that's not five in, in mid- midfield. The, the answer here is, it's definitely a back three, right? Last year, we all set up as big at the back, back fours and fives. This year, it's a back three. And you have some enablers on your bench, defenders. You get more money in your 11. I guess look, we all play with seven attackers, right? Whether it's a midfield five and a front two. Or a front four and a, and a sorry, a front three and a midfield four. The big question is, who is your seventh attacker? 
If you're going a midfield five, your seventh attacker is probably a 6.5 million mid, of which there are tons of good assets. We all speak about Mbomo and, and Matoma, but there's also March and Eze and um, I think Mudrick could be a differential shout. There's good 6.5, Diaby. Um, so do we go for a 6.5 mid as our seventh attacker, currently where I'm at, or do you go for a cheaper forward as your seventh attacker, for example, a 5.5 forward like Dan Juma or like João Pedro. For me, the options in the midfield bracket, as I've listed, there's so many, you go for a midfield five, but that's personal taste. I completely, completely get that. Third big question for me has got to be all about goalkeepers. Many of you watching this will have an honor and a 4 million. I'm there at the moment, but I've started looking at rotating pairs, guys. And why have I started doing that? Well, we might have a 4 million goalkeeper in Matt Turner, at Forest, who's their number one. Now, Forest, if they have a number one at four million, we'll keep some clean sheets at home. So as soon as you see that, you go, okay, who do I rotate with? We think the other four million goalkeeper could be Ariola, but the last preseason game for West Ham, Fabianski started. Ariola hasn't played well preseason either. So I'm not convinced on Ariola. I could be more convinced with Turner, although it must be noted, Forest are still perhaps looking to pursue Jordan Henderson, um, to um to to go for Henderson um and if Forrest do go to for Henderson then maybe Turner's not a guaranteed number one you'd think if he's moving there though he's getting assurances he's going to be the number one or why leave Arsenal why be why go from Arsenal number two to Forrest number two but if Turner is the Forrest number one who does he rotate best with he rotates well with uh, Steele at Brighton, he rotates well uh, with Johnston at Palace. But for me, the best rotation I've seen is with Jordan Pickford at Everton. Now, I think Sean Dyche is going to resort to type. Pre-season, they've kept clean sheets. Pre-season, they've looked defensively sound. I think we're going to see good clean sheets at Everton and the fixtures are there. Now, if you take the rotating pair of Turner uh, of Forest and Pickford of Everton, this is what you get. There's a lot of home games in there. Fulham, uh, Wolves, uh, Burnley, Luton, Bournemouth. You get Luton at home again. So Luton at home twice in, in, in just three weeks. There's some really nice fixtures here. Now this saves you 0.5 on going Anana and Turner or Anana and Ariola. Is it worth it? I'm not sure. I mean, It probably will, will be, but it will cause a lot of a headache. It depends what you're doing with the 0.5. I don't feel like I desperately need the 0.5. I'm going safe. I'm going Anana, I think. But this tempts me. It really does. And I think this is the best rotating uh, I've, I've possibly seen because I, I like the teams. I like Forrest at home. I like Pickford under Dyche. I think Pickford under Dyche, Dyche resort into type. Dyche we saw at Burnley was brilliant goalkeepers do you remember in years gone by we used to have like say Nick Pope for example was like a set and forget for us under Sean Dyche because what Burnley did was they kept loads of clean sheets especially at home which is what Everton are going to do with Pickford at Goodison Park but also they they faced shots that were often low xg shots which were because they were so deep that it was like two banks of four Teams were often getting frustrated. They couldn't break them down and they were shooting from distance. Shots from distance means easy catches for Pope quite often. Easy save points. Um, Pickford's also good with his feet, so possibly good with the bonus points better than 
than Pope. But you'll get saves and you'll get clean sheets. So one to consider. So let's have a look at how my draft is looking. Um, so this is where I'm at, guys. We've seen a few changes off the back of the Jesus injury. The big change off the back of the Jesus injury is I'm not now invested in triple Arsenal attack. And I wanted to watch Sunday's Community Shield and go, Nketiah started and played really well. I'm still going to keep triple Arsenal attack. Or Trossard has started and played really well. I'm going to invest in triple Arsenal attack. I'm not sold by Havertz. I don't want to commit there. Um, so at the moment, I'm on double Arsenal attack. Now, if I'm double Arsenal attack, it leaves a slot for Gabriel. So the way I formed my draft was I had Colwell in this slot. I had Chilwell and Colwell before. Um, but actually, I had money in the bank. So I can easily upgrade Colwell to say Gabriel. And this team has no money in the bank. So it's a Nana in goal. A back three of a Stupinan, Colwell uh, and John Stones. Uh, the midfield five is Saka, Martinelli, Foden, Rashford and Matoma. The front two is Watkins and Haaland. And then I've got Chilwell sub one on my bench. So one good sub option. Um, what could change here? I could get itchy feet over Foden. And if I got itchy feet over Foden, it's a very simple, easy transfer. It's an upgrade, you could argue, to Bruno Fernandes. But then I've got to save a million if I go for someone like Bruno instead of Foden. Now, if I go Bruno instead of Foden, where do I save the million? Well, Gabriel could go to a four million defender and Chilwell was in the 11 every week. Or, or you downgrade two defenders at 0.5 each. So Gabriel goes back down to Colwell and John Stones could go to five million. Now, at 5 million, I still want Man City cover. I think Man City defence is being a bit overlooked and I think Man City defence is the best in the league. So Diaz and Stones are the best. They're 5.5. Akanji is 5. Aki is 5. A new signing, Gvardiol, has just come in at 5. Now, I think Gvardiol, when he starts playing week in, week out, could be a brilliant saving on John Stones. And actually, you just go, there's good threat in the opponent's box. Similar goal threat, save the 0.5. But for game week one, knowing Vardiol was unlikely to start, I think I'm happy with going John Stones. But definitely food for thought. Vardiol coming in at 5 million, came in at 5 million on um, on Monday and, and uh, Hoyland came in at 7 million. Uh, some nice price additions there. FPL being generous, I think, again. Um, but look, I mentioned Foden there. Why would I get itchy feet over Foden? Surely you're selling Foden, Janny. Everyone sold Foden off the back of Sunday. He didn't start in the Community Shield. Um, I don't know. I don't think that matters too much. I don't think that matters too much at all. What's it taught us? It's taught us he's not in Pep's best 11 when he plays tough teams. Did we think he was in Pep's 11 against tough opposition anyway? Well, last season shows us he, no. He'll always go Bernardo on the right-hand side in the Champions League when it matters, in cup games when it matters, in difficult Premier League games when it matters. Um, and then Kovacic has been signed and obviously Kovacic alongside Rodri against tougher opposition makes complete sense. Um, but when they play Burnley on the opening game and when they play, um, who do they have game week three? Sheffield United game week three, Fulham game week four. How are they going to break down low blocks? Are they going to want Kovacic and Rodri or are they going to give Foden a chance in the kind of Gundogan role do they need Bernardo Silva on the right when he yes he controls the tempo but can he get in behind 
Foden can do those things. I think Foden's still got those same two routes to the team in addition to the other routes we already know about. And I think Foden's still going to be good for minutes in these opening four games. And with that in mind, I think I'm going to, I'm going to keep the patience, keep the faith. Now, if we were to hear that Foden isn't going to start game week one because we get an early leak, maybe that changes my thinking and I'd go, okay, Foden's out game week one, I'm going to sell him. But I think I'm sticking to my guns on this one. I think I'm sticking to my guns. Let me know in the comments. Many of you will be screaming at the screen going, just go Bruno. It's such an obvious decision. I'm not sure it is. I'm not sure it is. I think Foden's a really nice differential. You know me, I don't like to be too template. And already I feel like my team's heading in a very templated direction. It was different with the triple Arsenal attack. But you stick Gabrielle in this and it just becomes a little bit more boring. And that doesn't sit comfortably with me. We have to speak though about Gabriel Jesus replacements as our next feature this was a burning question that I didn't address at the top but Gabriel Jesus replacements I mean we can see I've gone Ollie Watkins I think there are there's 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 three or four obvious directions you can go in one is Watkins we'll talk about him more in a minute you could look at Darwin but you might worry about minutes you could look at Nkunku but you're worried about the injury you could look at Jackson Absolutely, Chelsea, 7 million, really good pre-season. Or perhaps you go down to a Jao Pedro at 5.5. Pedro took the penalty for Brighton with Gross on the pitch at the weekend. That's two penalties pre-season for Pedro. He is definitely the Brighton talisman, the penalty taker. 90 minutes at the weekend, playing number 10 behind Welbeck. Pedro's a really nice option. With all those players in that I've just mentioned, I still like Ollie Watkins. I think the fixture game week one isn't that di- isn't as tough as perhaps it looks on paper. I think Newcastle away is tough, but that could suit Watkins and the counter-attack that we know he likes to play. But then game week two and three, he's got some really nice fixtures. Watkins has been scoring for fun in pre-season as well. Just a very easy replacement for Gabriel Jesus. And then come, look, come game week three or four, if you want to move to Chelsea forward, because by then we know it's Jackson or we know it's Nkunku, you've easily got the funds to do it because you've got money in Watkins there. So that's where I'm going. Fairly sensible pick uh, for my Jesus replacement. Maybe you go back to Jesus come game week two or three and you don't go for an Arsenal defender. And again, that's definitely a thought that I'll be, I will take to my team selection video, which will be out on Thursday, guys. I might leave that third Arsenal spot open for the return of Jesus. Thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Because look, Gabriel's a good option, but there are other good options. I love uh, um, Udoji, the uh, left-back at Spurs, 4.5. I love Colwell as an option. You've got to Reese James. You could go Gvardiol, you know. Um, but look, let's talk about some of the uh, the other defenders I, I like, and that is Chilwell at 5.5. We haven't spoken about Chilwell because he was on my bench, but I just want to show you the heat map of the last Chelsea friendly. They drew this friendly one all with Dortmund. Chilwell played really well. Chelsea played well. Um, look at the average position maps here. We know Chelsea fullbacks get forward, but Chilwell has been told by Poch to get forward at will. And we never really compare Chilwell and Reese James and go one's way ahead of the other. They're usually about the same. Well, in this team, it looks like Reese is being told to go and Chilwell is being told to advance. Now, this isn't just a sample from one game. This is consistent throughout pre-season. Chilwell has been the more advanced player. Now, Chilwell is number 21 on screen. Reese James is number 24. There is a big difference here. There is no contest at the moment which one you pick, in my opinion. I still think there might be an argument for both because I think Reese James has a chance of being on penalties, especially if Nkunku's injured. They'll share corners, but Chilwell 
Chilwell will shoot on site and he'll get open play chances because of the positions he takes up. This heat map is super impressive. Fullbacks aren't doing this at the moment in the Premier League. Klopp's fullbacks, Pep's fullbacks, even the United fullbacks, they don't really bomb on. Like, not quite like a couple of years ago. It, things have shifted with the fullback position. We're seeing more of them inverted. But we're seeing it with Chilwell. He's one of the few that will still consistently do it. He'll be in those attacking sort of front three positions. I use uh, Fancy Football Scout for all of my data. And heat maps are one of my favourite parts. And the fact you can filter it per game week and you can go back, really, really useful. Where do I sign up? Well, click the link in Janny's bio uh, and you get 30% off pre-season deal. It's the best time to sign up. You get a wealth of data with Fancy Football Scout. You get to read extra articles, extra videos loads of content loads is free so sign up regardless access to free stuff if you like it you can go to the paid version but look let me get to some differentials got to touch on some before we go and if by the way you haven't already joined my mini league make sure you join it the code is m9 uh, d v y h um look forward to you being in my mini league guys uh, but look three differentials they're all seven million midfielders right Consider these guys if you want to go different game week one. Trossard, he's 5% owned. I still think there's a good chance he starts game week one, even though he didn't start the Community Shield. When he plays, he makes a difference. Arteta sees that. Could be as the number nine, could be as the number eight. I don't think it'll be wide left. I think Martinelli is safe. Sonny March, 2.8% on the right. Definitely safe for minutes in the first few weeks. Why is Matoma like 35% owned in March 2.8? I'm not quite sure. I think Matoma could be the better pick, but March definitely, we know from last season, could be a really nice option. And then guys, it's Anthony. I know what you're thinking. Why we, He hasn't spoken about Anthony all pre-season. Why are you speaking about Anthony now, Janny? I don't mind Anthony. I think he's gone a bit under the radar. I don't personally like him as a player, but as an FPL asset, when you look at the first three fixtures, United will score goals. Anthony's average position maps and heat maps, again from the weekend, look at this. He's super high, he's super advanced. This looks like a bit of a Mo Salah average position map. Consider Anthony uh, if you want a real sort of left field punt. I know if you're looking at United mids, you're going Rashford, or Rashford and you're going Bruno. But Anthony definitely is someone I've thought that would be a whole load of fun because he's 1.7% owned, guys. Like, sometimes you just want that. I'm starting the season fairly safe, but Anthony would be loads of fun. Look, I don't see him as a long-term pick, but short-term, I think he could be a, a, a good t uh, player to look at. Guys, I'll be doing these game week previews every week, always at the start of the week, so make sure you catch them on my YouTube channel. And by doing that, you can subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell uh, when you do. So guys, thank you so much for all the subscribing and the liking this preseason. I'll see you on Thursday. Don't miss this one. It'll be my final team selection video of preseason, all ready for game week one. See you very soon. Take care. Podcast Network.